In a world that's falling further into chaos and disorder day after day. A world devoid of masculinity. A world where the most basic tenets of reality have come into question. A world where masculinity is deemed toxic and men and women are at war with each other. It's clearer now more than ever that we need a return of strong men and a remembering of what it means to be a man. A revival of common sense. A revival of the union between men and women. A revival of the masculine spirit in men. This is the Masculine Revival Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for episode 21 of the Masculine Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Schmidt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael A. Pantile. <laughs> Michael A., how are you doing today? I'm doing very well today, Brendan. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> so I have a, a couple of quick additions to the last name uh, uh, directory here. So I had a lady reach out to me on Instagram, and you know she she loved the podcast and whatnot. She referred to me as Mr. Panther. So shout out to you. I think her name is Harvest Harvest Growth on Instagram. I thought that was hilarious, Mr. Panther. Um, and so my two-year-old daughter, Amadea, has been speaking more. So I've been trying, she's been saying her name Amadea, her middle name Alia. So I said, can you say Pantile? And she said, Pantadea. She will not say Pantile. <laughs> it's Pantadea. So Mr. Michael Pantadea checking in. Nice. I'm writing that one down. Yeah. <laughs> Add it to the list. Have you ever been called Michael A before? Michael, that's the first time anybody okay. said Michael A. So thank Excellent. you. Nice. I'm digging Amazing. deep, man. I'm trying to find creative ways every single episode here. You're making me sound sophisticated, bro. <laughs> it's not like such a meathead when you say it that way. Michael A. I love it. Okay. So over the course of the last week, I shared a reel and it was about uh, just how easy boomers had it with buying a house. I think the reel said something like uh, boomers selling their house for $2 million after buying it for seven raspberries in the <laughs> 1950s. <laughs> so and, true, dude. And uh, so it's funny enough, like that conversation, that really got a conversation going about is the trad life still possible? And I was getting comments left and right. I was getting DMs uh, from men and women all over the world. Everybody wanted to chime in about it and share their view if the trad life was possible. So today we're going to dive into that topic. We're going to talk all about the trad life. So just before we do that, for anybody that doesn't know what that is, Mike, how would you kind of describe what the trad life is? The trad life is is a household in which, you know, uh, husband and wife are adhering to traditional or biblical gender roles where the man is providing in, you know, uh, obviously providing, protecting, but providing financially. And the woman takes care of the household duties, making that house into a home, that sort of mother, wife, homemaker sort of uh, dynamic. But I think the big part of that is the man taking care of the home fully financially. And then the wife being able to just not have that stress or pressure of providing financially for the home. Yeah. So the, the trad life is centered around traditional gender roles. So men provide, men protect, women nurture, take care of the home. They're the wife, they're the mother. Um, so tra trad life is built around those traditional gender roles. So I think that people often look to the 1950s for a reference point with that, like the traditional kind of stay at home mother, the man outworking, the breadwinner. And obviously right now there's a bit of a resurgence of people that are returning to that traditional model. Mm -hmm. They're looking at feminism, just the state of things in the world and women 
in mass are kind of rejecting feminism, going back to femininity, and men are really reclaiming that desire to lead a household and a family, which I think is a beautiful thing. Um, ultimately, it's it's a bit weird in the sense that we've kind of plucked Christ out of it. And it's become this like trad independent of biblical gender roles, which are two different things we're, we're going to talk about later. But um, Mike, anything else you want to kind of preface about the trad life? Well, I think we've said this before, and it's worth repeating, is that if you have a traditional household without Christ at the center, then you're just playing dress up in your marriage. You got to re rethink what your foundation is, because if it's just these roles, then you're just playing charades. I fully believe that. Yeah, and we'll get into that later. So how today's episode is going to work is we are going to review 11 statements about the trad life, and we will share our personal opinion on whether each statement is true or false, and we will follow that up by explaining our reasoning behind our choices. The first statement today is adhering to traditional gender roles is the best relationship model for men, women, children, and society as a whole. Is that true or false? I think that's truth. And I would agree that I think that's truth as well. Moving on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I, <laughs> I think if you think of the order of the family uh, in regards to you know biblical roles, God over man, man over wife, wife over children, I think it just provides that that you know, that God created, God ordained container for uh, a man's family to thrive, right? The woman doesn't have the pressure to provide financially. The man has that respons responsibility on his shoulders to protect and provide for his family. And the children downstream from that get the best version of mom and dad. I mean, if you were to kind of deduce it down into simple terms. What yeah, do you think? And, I, and I would say as well that it's our biological blueprint. If you ask the average man, do you want to occupy a feminine, traditionally feminine role in a relationship? The average man is going to cringe and say, absolutely not. Men are, there's an inbuilt desire to protect and provide. Yep. And then women, I mean, look at, look at my content, look at mask and revival, right? Like how many women follow and are just so sick of occupying that masculine role in a relationship. They're absolutely just sick. They, they want nothing to do with it. They're looking for a guy where they can just surrender, drop into their femininity. It's our natural blueprint. Wouldn't you say? I totally agree. I think you're now starting to see the fruits of part of feminism and, and women are just exhausted because they're trying to play a man's role in life. And it's again, we're going to get to this point later on, but it's not to, to say that you're completely dependent on a man. I think you can bless your home if you want to and bring home money, but you shouldn't have that pressure to do so. And that really allows a woman to you know do what she's designed to do. It's to love, nurture and care on her family. Yeah. And so traditional relationship, traditional gender roles being the best relationship model for everybody, including for society. Um, I just look at the modern relationship model and it just doesn't really make any sense. It's just this weird androgynous, there's no real differences between men and women. And it's just, it's almost like you stop being distinctly different as men and women, you cohabitate together and you both occupy the same role. It's just very, it's very strange. Like the, the woman works, the man works, every everything is equality equality everything right yeah and it's 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 boyfriend girl, girlfriend culture in a nutshell right where i mean you want to talk about really playing dress up with a grown-up relationship you have adults cohabitating not getting married um and they're occupying similar roles within their home and we wonder why relational dissatisfaction or satisfaction is at a is at a low women are doing male things and men are doing female things it, it doesn't really make anything make any sense it's all inverted and they stay stuck in that place for in perpetuity sometimes where they're perpetual partners. Like what's, what's a partner? Like if you're not a homosexual, I don't understand why you're using that. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Okay, so adhering to traditional gender roles is the best relationship model. What would the what would the critic to that say? What would the feminist cat lady spinsters of the world say <laughs> to that? That it's oppressive to women, right? And that, oh, you know, you're creating a situation where the woman's entirely dependent on the husband. And it's like, well, that's not the case at all. Because I fully support my wife if she wants to do something that blesses the home with finances and it gives her some sense of fulfillment, but it doesn't take precedent over her family. I'm going to support her in doing that. I don't want her to be completely dependent on me if that's not something that she wants to do. And I yeah. think it's the opposite of oppressive for a woman. I think it's actually the most liberating position for her to be in. I would agree with you. I would say, though, I have a bit of a contrary opinion on the being dependent aspect. Right. Maybe we'll touch on that later. I right. would actually say, you know, just real just real quick that um, my wife is absolutely dependent on me and I'm absolutely dependent on her. And that's that's being in a marriage, right? It's like, how would it be healthy to be anything other than that? We've like committed to spend our lives together, right? I think if we're just talking in the financial sense, otherwise I, I completely agree with you. It's like, yeah. I'm dependent on my wife fully for a bunch of things, but those things that we're dependent on each other for may be slightly different. But I think right. when people are talking about dependence, it's probably usually within the realm of finances. Right. Okay. So the next statement is traditional gender roles are about adhering to strict rules and guidelines based on gender. Is that true or false in your opinion? I would say it's, I would say it's true. Yeah, I would say that's a tough one, isn't it? It's kind of like you right. say strict, right? Because it's yeah. like, well, <clears throat> I mean, for example, I mean, if it's a blanket statement across the board, I'm going to say true. Mm -hmm. But again, I hate to be a nuance bro. I think nuance bros <laughs> are infuriating. But this is one of those topics that, especially in the economic times we live in now, um, there is some nuance needed. And aside even from financial stuff, I'm going to help my wife with what you would consider traditional feminine, you know, uh, tasks around the house doesn't mean I do it all the time but in this in the spirit of loving on my wife sometimes I can see you know she's tired I want to help her so does that yeah. mean I'm now you know occupying a female role it's like no I'm just loving on my wife and helping her yeah I'm gonna say that so our traditional gender roles about adhering to strict rules and guidelines based on gender I'm gonna say false I'm gonna say that I think this quote really sums it up tradition is a guide not a jailer that's how it should be, is that we should look to the past as a guide, not as uh, something that we must adhere to and to every single detail across the board, regardless of situation. Mm -hmm. So I would say within this traditional model, there are certainly guidelines to follow. Um, I wouldn't say they're strict. I would say that they're natural and intrinsic to us and that that's a good thing. It, you can kind of turn your back on them and then be like a salmon swimming up the stream, fighting against the current, or you can kind of surrender into what you're built and designed to do. And I don't really see that as like, I think strict is probably the wrong word. So it's, that's what I would say about that. Yeah. That I just got caught up on the wording. I'm like, okay, strict, maybe it's not strict, but if I were to say, you know, blanket statement, yes or no, I still lean toward yes, but nuance, even though I hate that answer so much, but yeah. it is one of those nuanced answers. 100%. We're allowed to disagree. I think we can still keep co-hosting the I think, podcast together. I think we, I think we agree, though. Yeah, if I think we think agree about what we're saying. Yeah, we're getting just lost. how we're thinking about. I'm more of a like a black or white. It's like it's yes or no, bro. And you're like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's number two. So number three is due to inflation and increased cost of living, the trad life is not possible for the average couple anymore. Is that true or false? That's false. I would absolutely say that's false. So. How are you guys making it work in your marriage, Michael? Okay, so we have a slight different 
origin story than you guys do, right? You guys started off, you you took care of everything from the beginning. I didn't realize how much the feminist programming got even into my mind, living in a place where we both come from Vancouver. It's amongst the highest, you know, cost of living in the world. And so we were under this premise where like, we were both going to take care of the bills. And so we got married and there was something that intrinsically felt wrong about that. So, okay. I took care of the vast majority of the bills, but she still helped with things here and there. As I grew in my faith and we grew in our marriage, I no longer wanted that to be the case. This is where we're at now. My wife's on maternity leave. She's kind of debating back and forth whether or not she wants to go back. I think she's leaning towards going back. But the point of me wanting to take over is not only to fulfill my, I think, God-given role as provider, but also to give her no financial pressure. So if she decides to go back, she works from home, so it's completely unobtrusive to our family dynamics, you know, by any means or to any degree. But I don't want her to have any financial pressure. I want that stress to be completely off of her. She has no idea what interest rates are. She doesn't know how much things really cost. She just knows that money is there to take care of of the the things around the house needed to, you know, continue our lifestyle. No, it's a long-winded answer, but that's where we're at. Where it kind of was this evolution, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we split some things, and as I grow in my faith, I become more convicted. I don't want her to to operate in that role at all. But if she yeah. wants to bless the home with finances, she absolutely can, and I encourage her to do so. So I think a theme throughout this episode is going to be that individual couples need to look at their own circumstance and adapt and mold based off that circumstance. That mm-hmm. there, I don't think there's like a, a blanket black and white system for this really, that every couple is going to be a little bit different in how they arrange things. Knowing your situation, some of the things that you've told me, I mean, it makes sense for your wife to probably work for a couple more years. Right. Right. Um, in our situation, doesn't make sense. Right. So it's, it's a little bit different both ways, but okay. So with inflation and the cost of living, is it still possible to live the trad life? Well, absolutely. Yes, it is. I mean, my wife and I have been living at our entire marriage. She has never worked a day in her marriage. I mean, she works at home, obviously that that's a, a legitimate job. Um, I just think that couples need to be able to adapt to the current times. I think a great solution that isn't talked about a ton is a woman working a creative side hustle from home to supplement income. If, if that's needed, you know, I I think it's really just being able to adapt and use some of the the tools like the internet With, with the internet, you have access to a global market, a global audience, and you can build a business around literally anything for $0. So man or woman, why not leverage that? Why not use that? Obviously it's harder today than it was 50, 60 years ago. There's no question about it. It is much, much harder. Is it still possible? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's, it's a worthwhile pursuit, even though it's challenging. I can't, I can't imagine an alternative. I agree with you. Um, even though things are expensive, there's a couple things here. Number one, address where you're bleeding money. That was the first conversation I had with my wife where I'm like, I want to take care of everything, but where are we bleeding money? Where could we be a little bit more uh, financially conservative? I've always been pretty good with my money, so it's not something I worry about. But, you know, lifestyle inflation is a thing. If you have two vehicles and they're on payments, address that. Address all these, like, luxury items that you have because there's two salaries. If you really want to step into this sort of, like, trad life, you got to learn to live a little bit more simply. Second thing, as a man, nothing has given me the greater drive to achieve new heights financially. I'm of the mindset, and I don't recommend this to everybody, where, you know, instead of trying to fleece my monthly expenses, 
I just step on the gas. I try to make more. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes is required of us. Dude, I've worked seven days a week up until recently. And I still work six days a week. And a lot of those times, it's all frigging day. Regardless if it's at home or not, guys could be doing more and they could be spending less at the same time. Yep. So I think maybe some of the listeners hearing what you just said, I think the fear often with this traditional model is that the man is going to be working outside of the home. So he's going to be away, away, slaving away. And the so the, the kids are going to grow up with a emotionally and physically absent father as a result of adhering to this model. And I think that's absolutely possible. I think in order to deal with that, so if you do work outside of the home, you've got to be able to go to work. And then when you're with your family, you need to be present with your family. You need to be there with all of you. And I think a lot of guys, they get into that work mode. And then when they're home, they like turn off. And that's when they, they, you need to be on in a different way. Right. And I think that's really, really important for guys to, to keep in mind is that go to your job and then come home and then do your other job of being a, a father and a husband and a leader at the, in, at the home. Right. I totally agree. And this is something that some guys disagree with me on, but Will Nolan says that, uh, our homie Will Nolan, the juggernaut, says that a man's most important job starts when the workday ends. And I couldn't agree more. Listen, guys, you don't have to have a work from home job or have to give your family eight, nine, 10 hours of your day every day. As long as the two hours or three hours or one hour at the end of the day is intentional, it's focused, you're present, your phone is put away, you're pouring into them, you're loving them, you're praying on them, you're having an influence on them. That is that is your role. That's your job right there. Boom. You can make up, you can go really deep in just an hour or two hours. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if you're present with your kids and with your wife that way, yeah, they're, they're going to feel your presence, even if it is minimal yep. because you're, when you're there, you're fully there. So the other thing about the trad life too, is that it's actually quite a cost-effective way to live. Mm-hmm. So I think I've said before that the way that my wife and I think about it is that I make the money and her job is to help preserve what I make. So when when you're occupying this kind of traditional gender role type model, my wife is always in the kitchen processing food. She'll get something in bulk. She'll break it down into parts and ends up saving a whole bunch of money in the process. And her mind is always kind of working on, okay, how can I do this more effectively, more efficiently, cheaper? You know, she files my taxes. She does the bookkeeping for our business. There's a lot of stuff that she does that I would have to pay money to somebody else to do that she's taking off our plate. So it's like our, our household is like a, a cohesive unit. We're a team. We're working together. I have roles. She has roles and everything we're doing is harmonized. So it's a really effective way to live. Like she's not working a job, but the amount of money that she's saving our family is tremendous. That's beautifully put. It's like, I think a lot of people treat it as, okay, the wife's doing this job. The husband's doing this job. Wouldn't really, you guys are walking the path together. There's a process. You guys are all contributing to the same painting here. You both are, you guys are both painting it. You guys aren't on separate canvases. I think the way that you and Destiny do it is awesome. And yeah, and I think I think you know couples need to sit down and look at like, okay, where am I skilled and where are you skilled? And then, and sometimes that's beyond gender, which we're gonna get into later. But yeah, like I mean, leverage your skill sets, right? She's strong where you're weak. Exactly. Okay, so number four here. If a woman becomes a trad wife, she becomes completely dependent on her husband. True or false? I would say, honestly, I would say that's probably more true than it is false. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's this nothing is, wrong with that being true either. <laughs> no, and like this is the thing though. I think that this is this can become fuel for the feminists, right? Where you look at the traditional model, you see a woman who, okay, so say a woman's been married for 15 years. She hasn't worked a job in 15 years. She has nothing on her resume. The last job she had had was like a grocery clerk or something 15 years ago. That woman's going to struggle to get hired and her husband passes away or he cheats or he abuses her or divorce ensues, whatever. She's going to be in a vulnerable position, but you can flip that just as easy. <laughs> like if, if, if my, if my wife died today, I would be at, that would be like a major blow in so many different ways. But like in terms of how my household functions, just in that level alone, like, yeah, we're dependent on each other. Could you imagine trying to do what your wife does? I try to, and it, 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 it makes me laugh because there's no possible way that I could even come close. And I think also too, to address a bit of the elephant in the room, ladies, like being dependent on your husband is fine because on the flip side, we are very disadvantaged in the eyes of the law. Mm. Okay. And listen, I'm the first guy to trash talk the men going their own way and red pill guys. And you know, you're only, you're, you're a weak man if you're afraid of divorce laws, but there's a truth to it, dude. There's a truth to, if, if our wives realistically wanted to take everything from, not that they would. And I full, firmly believe that they would not. I put my life on it. They could. So it's like, even outside of our interdependence, because there's a true interdependence there, we are at that potential disadvantage too. So yes. it's like, it's not uneven here. I think it's perfectly equal in terms of risks. I would say so. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that there, there's risks that run in both directions and they're unique to men and women, but divorce courts are certainly slanted in the favor of women. Like if, if my wife divorced me, you know, it, it could be, it could be terrible in the sense of uh, me being able to see my daughter. If she wanted to, if she really wanted to dig her feet in, it might be really difficult for me to ever see my daughter. So yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely risks both ways. I think still though, the, the risk of getting married and starting a family is absolutely worth it. Again, what is the alternative? What are you going to do instead, bro? Um, okay. So back to this dependence thing though, Mike, what else would you say about this? A woman being completely dependent on her husband. I think the feminists are most, more so disparaging this idea from a financial perspective. I think there's nothing wrong with being dependent on your husband, just like there's nothing wrong with the husband being dependent on his wife. I I think we need to stop looking at this word as such a negative because mm -hmm. our children are dependent on us. And if we right. aren't completely dependent on each other, how do we serve them properly? How do we serve? We're dependent on God. There's there's always a place where we are dependent on either God or the person that we're with. I, I, I just don't see this as a negative the way that you know, I guess the women do, honestly. No, and I think it, it is a really interesting thought, though, how countercultural this idea of being dependent on your spouse is okay. That's like such a countercultural idea. Like everything is about, you know, uh, like this whole codependence thing, right? Mm, oh, yeah. don't be codependent. And I, I, I can get that in a sense where that could be to toxic, but I also am like, look at my life. And I'm like, how, how could you not be codependent? Like you're li think, like, you literally depend on each other for everything in a marriage. I think this comes from, uh, you know, attachment styles and it's really a pro a product of 
of modern relationships where like codependency is a bad thing, anxious, attached, you know, avoiding attached, <laughs> all that. You're like, whoa, 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 let's stop with this nonsense, these like pop psych terms, yeah. right? When you think yeah. about marriage, we're not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend relationships. You guys are arguing all the time. You know, mm -hmm. we're talking about marriage. We're talking about something that's supposed to withstand the test of time. Amen. There's a strong distinction between those two things, okay? Yeah. Yeah. A relationship outside of marriage is courting to marriage. And we've lost that. We've mm -hmm. lost that whole process, have we not? Well, that's the thing. It's like we look at now boyfriend, girlfriend equals marriage. <laughs> exactly. No, it doesn't. It's not the same at all. And no wonder it's like, yeah, oh, codependency is bad, like across the board. No, like in a marriage, it's absolutely fine. How can you not be codependent? Like what this red pill nonsense? It's like never rely on your wife for anything ever, bro, or she's going to leave you. It's like, bro, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's always going to cheat on you, bro. Hypergamy. She's always going to try to find the man at the finish. It's like, I, I don't know what kinds of women these men are marrying, but this is absolutely not the case. I have I have such a trust in my wife. Actually, my, my trust for my wife goes above and beyond trust that I have for anybody else in this world. Under God. And I, I put my hand on a Bible and swear that on oath. Like, that's, that, that's the truth. But I wouldn't have married a woman that I didn't feel that way about. That's right? the least so, that's the least masculine thing I've ever heard you say, bro. Can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Am I disavowed from, from co-hosting now? Yeah, Jeez. you disavowed. <laughs> okay. See you later, guys. Yeah. Peace out. Bye. Just, just sign <laughs> off. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So no, man. I I I'm totally with you. I'm I'm on the exact same page as you on that. Dependence is good in a marriage. It's essential. It can't not be there. And everybody listening just this modern psychology stuff is just out of control yeah and there are people that just spend so much time anxious avoidant love language <laughs> on and on and on and on and it's like and then even like what what's all that other stuff that uh that uh human design stuff human design oh, dude there's more to this garbage i didn't know oh, dude, there's there. there's so many different things man it's like uh you know, you break your personality down into a number. Are you an I, I, N, J, P? Oh, that's Ooh. satanic Luciferian garbage. But it's like, come on, man. It's like, okay, I've got to be with a person who's like a X, J, P because I'm a I, N, J, P. And it's like, you take okay. this personality test so we know if we're compatible or not. Like you guys are insane. Like read the Bible and chill out. <laughs> I think this whole attachment style stuff and codependency comes from people trying to yoke themselves to people they shouldn't be yoked to. Mm. If you're courting a woman or you're with a man that's courting you and there's no peace in the courtship process, your marriage is going to be destruction and chaos. I met my wife and I thought I had these attachment styles, right? Even through our courtship process, these things disappeared. There was peace with my wife when we were dating. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not experiencing peace in the courtship process when you guys are playing this little cute girlfriend, boyfriend household thing, yeah. if it's just chaos, get out. Because yeah. trying to think that your marriage is going to solve that is like trying to put out the flame that your body's engulfed in with gasoline. Like, come on, like use your head. This is where yeah. this stuff comes from, man. You've got a gaping wound and you're trying to put a bandaid on it. And it's come like, on. and your and your formula is, oh, it's because his sun sign is in Leo. That's why we're having problems. No, you're tripping. Reject the astrology. Mercury is in retrograde, bro. Come on. Oh. Yeah, it's like courtship, values and direction. Are they the same? all this personality style psychology. Anyways, we're getting way off track here, bro. But it's it's worth saying, man. Yeah, it is. Okay. So what are we on about here today? <laughs> living, living the trad life. Is it still possible? Okay. Mm. So the next point, 
Number five, living the trad life is a one-way ticket to happiness and fulfillment. True or false? Christ is the only ticket to happiness and fulfillment, bro. <laughs> Come on now. Sad to get that in there. <laughs> living the trad life, is it a one-way ticket to happiness and fulfillment? Absolutely not. That is false. So nothing is, man. Man, it, 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 we, we've both laughed about this before, how it gets taken to this ridiculous extreme. It's like there's this whole like flowery dress frolicking in the field she makes the bread <laughs> he makes the money you know once you find the masculine man everything's gonna be better forever and ever and ever and you're gonna live this perfect dream life you're gonna get 50 acres you're gonna have a, a bison bison ranch and uh you're gonna have a you know natural spring on your property and you know heaven on earth you've made it congratulations come on bro we have social media to blame for this though, right? Big time. Oh, it's out of control. I hate even using the word trad or yeah. homemaker because they make me cringe because it's like my grandparents, my great grandparents didn't even think about this. That's just something that they did. And their marriages lasted 40, 50, 60 years. Okay. Yeah. And now it's like this, like this trend where people are like, it's so performative where like these women are, you know, listen, I'm not against you making your clothes at home or thrifting power to you. It helps you save money. But it's like you can't put on trad. It's not a costume. And that's the thing is that it's become an aesthetic, right? Trad yeah, is an exactly. aesthetic. It's like, and it, it is a, admittedly, it's a nice aesthetic, especially especially in a world that is just drifted so far from traditional roles. It's nice to look at a woman in a, in a dress with children, making bread in a beautiful home, looking out at the acreage. Wow, what a beautiful thing. But it, it has become idealized in a pretty ungrounded way where it's going to, it's going to deliver you from everything. So dude, I mean, that's the thing. Okay. So my wife and I very much live like a trad life, especially now compared to before. And if you were to look at us in our Jordans and covered in tattoos in our bougie ass house that we built, like, you're not going to think that we're trad, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You're just, you're just not. You're not going to think that we're trad, man. Like, and that's okay because I know our dynamics inside the house. So I think kind of to do, it is a nice aesthetic. I would agree, but not everybody fits that aesthetic that's living that lifestyle too. I mean, that's also worthy of saying nobody would think that we're trad, bro. Not for a second. No. And in our case, people would absolutely drive up to our place right now and be like, oh, this is, this is the trad HQ. hundred percent. Right. We got wood all stacked outside, got the fireplace, got the, you know, we're, we're living the trad life and we love it. But anyways, is it a ticket to fulfillment and happiness? Not necessarily. I would say what the trad life is, is it's a recipe for, it gives you a solid foundation. It's like masculine roles, feminine roles, base it around the Bible, not just like mm-hmm. traditional roles. Build on that foundation. That's what it gives you. It gives you a foundation. And that that foundation increases your likelihood for happiness and fulfillment. Is it guaranteed? No. But it's a, it's a really, really solid way to build a relationship. I agree. I just think it increases marital harmony. Men are doing what men are supposed to do. Women are doing what they're supposed to do. But also too, we have to understand like the Bible doesn't condemn women working either no right if you want to bless your home with finances the whole point of trying to get at and this is what i you know me and my wife talk about is i don't want her to have the pressure of doing that so she can just focus on what she's best at and that is taking care of the home and taking care of our children and ever since we stepped into that role and and you know seeing her and i mean her life is insanely stressful with kids and whatnot as i'm sure your wife can attest to but that's the kind of stress they want they thrive in not the stress of like, I got to answer to my boss and pay these bills. Very huge difference. We're better equipped for that. So, I mean, there's no other alternative to me other than this. No. Yeah. She's better equipped to deal with the stress of the home, children, yeah. 
we aren't. We're better equipped to deal with the stress of carrying the weight of responsibility for the success or failure of the relationship ultimately. Absolutely. Well said. So number six is it is not good for a woman to be the primary breadwinner in a marriage. True or false? True. Big true. I think true. Uh, the leading cause of infidelity, and you can even say divorce, is when a woman out-earns the man by a significant portion, or I think any portion. Um, I just think that, it, I think it emasculates a man fundamentally, even if he's the most confident um, Chad, whatever. But one could say that a Chad wouldn't put himself in a relationship with a woman like that. Because to be honest too, like to the women out there that have like significant salaries, good for you. You have now limited your marriage pool down to a very significantly low pop, uh, percentage of men out there. That's so true, man. <laughs> the, the, the amount of DMs that I get from women that have achieved a high level of financial success or business success and cannot find for the life of them a man to be with is astronomical. And I absolutely think that it's true that if a woman is a primary breadwinner, it's bad for a marriage because I, I have worked with so many couples that are in that dynamic and they're like, what do we do? Everything's backwards. They're not attracted. And it really speaks to the fact that we have these natural in, inbuilt roles that, that men and women have that reaction when a woman is in that provider role. It's unnatural. Yeah, it's totally unnatural. And if the feminists were correct, you wouldn't see marital disharmony in situations like this. They'd be thriving, but you're not. Even when you even think of a woman coming home to her house husband, there's something that makes my stomach churn about that idea. Oh yeah. And even having daughters, you have a daughter. I've got two girls. Do I want them to be the main brand winners of their home to come home to this husband that's taking care of the house? Absolutely not, dude. No. Come on. No. And then let's talk about this real quick. This, I think this is really interesting. We haven't talked about it yet. Is these kind of like Candace Owens types. Mm. I know that you and I have talked about this before, right? It's like, how does a woman like that, that's just crushing in the world. And I would say that's a, it's a masculine success. She's out in the world, conquering the world. She's winning the world. She has influence. She has clout. She has fame. She has money. She's, she's a externally achieving out in the world. All of these women like that end up with these kind of purse holding husbands. Yep. I wouldn't want to be married to that, like to that woman with all due respect. That'd be, how do you live up to that? I yeah. mean, these guys could be financial studs and we don't, we don't know, but there seems to be a, a kind of archetype that marries this kind of woman. They're never as attractive or more attractive. They're never like physically superior men. You mm -hmm. know, maybe they're financially in a good place. We don't even know that. But it seems to be that kind of guy that's like, okay, I've taken the back seat. Let me just hold your purse while you go and do this speaking engagement. And listen, I think Candace, if you're going to be an influencer, be an influencer like Candace for sure. But it's honestly, man, and I know we've spoken about this off air. Most of these women in this space, in the influencer space, would be better off just serving their families and not trying to do all this crazy masculine um, reaching for success personally. Oh, it's so it's so true. And it's like, I think it often starts out with really good intentions with these women. Where it's like a little side project, a little side hobby, you're enjoying it, you're pouring your heart into it. Maybe it becomes really big, and then now you become beholden to this thing that you've created. My my thing with women working is like it has to be directed towards the home, yes, to, to really work. And I think that often this stuff becomes this weird side quest that the wife is on, where you're serving this audience, and the it becomes a distraction from your house, your marriage, your kids. That's not healthy, and 
if, you know, if, if you can direct it towards your home, if it can honor your home, bring glory to your home, that's a fruitful endeavor. If not, what are you doing? Right. Your, your priorities have become misaligned. Well, it's fragmenting a woman's focus where her focus should be on her family and the home where, you know, uh, my wife working from home, if she chooses to go back, her priorities are work is going to be dead last if that's something that she still wants to pursue. Mm-hmm. And that's the priority that it should be where work should be number one for us because it blesses everybody sort of quote unquote below us. But you see this happen too often where then the career and this social media cloud and influence overtakes the home life. And now what is it for? I think it's all in vain. I mean, what are you gaining from it? Yeah. The, the interesting thing as well is like when a woman is out on the front lines like that fighting the culture war, the husband can't protect her because she's yeah. way out there waging some war and he's at home way in the back. Nobody even knows who he is. How does he protect her from what she's, what she's facing? He, he becomes the safe space that she comes home to, which is completely flipped in my opinion. It should be the man out there fighting the battle and he comes home to that safe space that the woman has created. Yeah. Something to think about. And dude, she was doing a lot of these interviews and, and, and these rallies pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I try to wrap around. I mean, listen, like that's, that's cool. That's badass and all that stuff. But, uh, that's a lot of stress on baby too, man. That's not a position I think any woman should want to be in, especially in that phase personally, man. Like, no, um, men are built for the culture war battle and And we're, we're battling it for the preservation of the beauty of the home. It speaks as well to the failure of men in some ways that we're not waging that war well enough that women are feeling that reflexive need to get out there and do the thing. That's very true. But at the same time, I I can't help but feel like these women are in some level of rebellion against their actual natural design to be out doing what they're doing. Like, is it is it natural, healthy, and good for a woman to have that level of clout, influence, fame, and to be, you know, to be out there doing what they're doing? No, but I, I think what you're seeing is the spirit of Adam and Eve play out in front of us, right? On like a grand scale, where like Eve has the spirit of rebellion, Adam has the spirit of passivity. So when men abdicate their responsibilities and fighting this culture war, dude, I saw it full force in co- during COVID when I kept my gym open in the face of all the restrictions. It was primarily vast majority women coming to my support mm. and uh, vocal on social media. I'm like, where are all the guys? Where the hell? But they were being quiet because they wanted to get their little shots to go to the bar and to you know, keep their jobs and whatnot. So it's like the, these roles have been flipped. So I think, yes, women are culpable, but like men have just not taken enough responsibility in this regard either, man. Yeah, exactly. That's well said. Number seven, for the trad life to work, a man must be in a high earning career. Is that true or false? False. Yeah, I would also say false. Um, I actually know of some couples personally that, you know, the man's earning like less than 50K a year. They're living a trad life. They have, you know, big families, stuff like that. I think it's absolutely possible. It's really just a matter of like, what are you willing to give up to live that way? And mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's an absolutely, it's a worthwhile way to live. Whatever you got to give up to make it happen, you should do because it's how God designed us. It's the most fruitful way you can organize a marriage and a household. You should do it even if it means cutting back on things. So yeah. does a man have to be earning a lot of money? Not necessarily. No, it's it's just, it's lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle do you guys want to live? I personally, you know me, Brendan. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I care about having a 10,000 square foot, big, big, stupid property. And I want cars in the garage. So there's a certain kind of lifestyle that I want to live. But I know I'm perfectly capable of providing that kind of lifestyle by putting my foot in the gas. Now, however, I understand that in, you know, in, parts of our lives and and in and in transition we need to live more conservatively i think most people would be better living on less because you just learn to live a simpler life and listen 
in my experience, the more things that you have, the more anxiety it causes you. And if you have that anxiety it internalizes within, within your home, I think it's perfectly doable. Now, is it less doable now than it was before? Yeah, of course. Like most people are not going to be able to live on 50K a year. Mm -hmm. I'm also even willing to say, most people shouldn't even want to live just on 50K a year. Like do better than that, bro. Like step up, you, dude, with the internet and everything at our fingertips, there's no reason why a man can't make six figures because yeah. nowadays that isn't even a lot of money, dude. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And I hate to sound like a materialistic douchebag, but I mean, no. that's that's just the truth of the matter, right? No, and re in real talk too, like for me, like I really, I was always like, oh man, once I once I make six figures, I'm a made man. Mm -hmm. And then I started making six figures and I'm like, well, this ain't very much, <laughs> especially, especially on one income, right? Like my wife doesn't earn any money. So yeah. I think, yeah, guys absolutely should be striving to maximize their earning potential, but you don't need it in order to live no. the trad life. So there's a nuance I, there. I, I, I agree with that for sure. But men strive for more. Yeah. Your family and, deserves it too. And women like this whole, like he's got to be six foot handsome, blah, blah, blah type stuff. <laughs> like you guys are tripping, have some grace, right? Cause like I said, I've said it many times when I met my wife, no money, she picked me up for our first date. I had no car. My pl the place that I was living in was barely even furnished. Look at the life we're living now, right? So like have some grace, have some wisdom and discernment. We talked about it last episode. Don't just write a guy off. Cause he's not, you know, rich, handsome and paid day one. <laughs> I think the women, the only women that are looking for men like this are usually end up perpetually single or with, um, pretty crappy man as husbands. I would avoid this type of woman at all costs. Listen, like obviously, you know, you want to have, you know, a guy that's taking care of himself, the man in motion, so to speak. But if you have this rigid criteria, most of the time, these women with this criteria are the most vac vacuous, vapid, narcissistic, self-indulgent, trophy wife type of women that you wouldn't want serving your home. Period. Yep. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. She's got a mile long list. Like these women are, and they're, they're the ones that are always single. Oh, he's got because be... all the men, bro, they're not masculine enough, Brandon. Oh, dude, you know, some of these applications for the courtship network, right? It's like 25, like, what are you looking for in a man? 25 bullet points. Matt, can you narrow that down a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> like 25, how do you even come up with that stuff? Yeah. Like, is there like color preferences in there? Like, like what's, what's going on? Like writing an essay. Oh, man. Number eight, women cannot work outside of the home under any circumstance. Is that true or false? Okay, this is an important distinction. When you say outside of the house, do you mean literally outside of the house? Yes, literally outside of the house. Then it's absolutely, they should not. True. I'm, I'm going to stand by that. No, they should not. So you think that women should not work outside of the house under any circumstance? Well, not under any circumstance. Oh man, honestly, if I were to still paint it though, I would say, yeah, no. A man's job is to make sure that Listen, if you want to have a work from home job that you can still serve your family financially, you can do something online, do that. Removing yourself from the home and then putting your children in the hands of babysitters, you need to avoid that at all, all costs. That's where I'm coming from, bro. That's well said. I would say the nuance for me is around where are you at in your sort of marriage and family dynamic? Because let's just say, you know, if you don't have kids yet, I think a woman... Maybe maybe she should be working outside of the house and earning some extra money for a while before kids. If she doesn't have kids. I I, I listen. I I can't disagree. I'm thinking within the context of marriage and children and family, yeah. child rearing. But in 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 those cases, I agree. Yeah, I would I would say that there's there's a level of nuance to it where I think that like you know maybe maybe too like okay so say this hu the husband is like had a work 
injury, you can't work. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Okay. Sometimes there, there are certain situations and circumstances that transcend uh, the gender role. You got to step outside of the gender role once in a while. You got to be a human. You got to have common sense. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. Um, is it ideal? No. Should you put your kids in daycare? Probably not. You should avoid that at all costs. But I think that like there may be a time and place where a woman can and should work outside of the home, especially to like, let's just say all the kids are gone. You know, go you, you go and you have, you have some part-time job, keep you busy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that too. And I think a woman working outside the house in the event her husband's injured or sick is having grace for him. <laughs> so I think grace using these exceptions, like let's not be meatheads about it just because I said a woman shouldn't be doing that. If your children are young and, and your your husband is, this is this is my gripe with this. If a man is fully capable of working seven days a week, but he chooses not to, instead pushes his wife to go work outside of the house, then that guy is not living up to his role. I, that, I truly believe that. Like you're capable of more. Why are you putting your wife in that situation? Sickness, injury, those precarious, those those sort of uh, 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 disastrous situations. Of course, those are the exceptions. I agree yeah. with you fully. And like I said before, I'm a big proponent of if you need extra money, try to find a way where your wife can earn some money online. Now, I'm not talking OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> trad life and only fans can they <laughs> yeah, coexist that's exactly. the next podcast well i mean dude how many how many women there, there are a lot of women that follow me that are like pursuing that trad life and it's like you click on their bio and they got an only fans account linked to are it. are you actually serious i'm dead serious well dude dude i got women signing up for the courtship network man they got only fans linked in the bio so i don't know what's going on there but anyways the not, cognitive dissonance there is huge it's insane so okay not only fans but like there's a lot of these women in the trad in the trad wife space that have monetized helping other women on that trad life path. I think that's great. I just think that, you know, it being a help to your family rather than being like the forefront breadwinner is the way. That's what I think. For sure. And, you know, you don't have to record every little thing that you're doing in your in your household either. <laughs> yeah. I have a pro I have a problem with that. And that's coming from a guy that records stuff in his household often. I just know that's like if that's the focal point of your life or it's bringing home the majority of the money, that's obviously not the way, but it's a really great way of blessing your home. No doubt. Yeah. Social media can be pretty, I think it can be a lot worse for women psychologically than it can be for men. Dude. Absolutely. Yes. Hands down. Like we're resilient, dude. The amount of crap I get flung at me on a daily, weekly basis, it yeah. just makes me chuckle. If my wife even got a quarter of that, I think it would just be a different kind of chaos, man. Oh yeah. Oh, that's true. So yes, women can work outside of the, home depending on the circumstance not ideal it's the nuance po nuance podcast nuance pod okay so number nine every task between husband and wife should be divided based on gender true just kidding false i'm gonna say false for sure yeah it's i think this <laughs> people get neurotic right where it's just okay again generally speaking men do x women do y generally speaking and that's a good baseline rule like Okay, men provide, women nurture. And, you know, husbands, if you love washing the dishes and that's something that you can do to help your wife, wash the dishes, bro. If, if you know, doing laundry is going to take something off her plate and you have some extra time, do the laundry. It's not like you can never do that or you become a woman or something. <laughs> <laughs> Man card revoked, bro. You changed yeah. the diaper. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, listen, I fully agree with this. You know, listen, I've changed. 
I've changed more than more than one diaper, mind you. They're actually never poopy diapers and usually the slip on ones, but nevertheless, <laughs> the point the point remains. You know, I've helped my wife cook. I will gladly help my wife cook, you know, all of those things. I'm not gonna say, woman, that's a woman's job. Why do you make me do this? It's like <laughs> Come on, bro. Listen, I don't know how to how to work a washer and dryer, but if she really needed me to, I would figure it out for her. Yeah. Straight up. Like I it, it just goes to show you where we're at in society that guys need to be handheld in this way. Mm -hmm. Like you think by helping out your wife, it's making you like it's emasculating you. Like, what's wrong with you, bro? How insecure are you actually? Yeah. So I think some men get a hold of this trad stuff and they give it a bad name because it's they do get into that mentality of like, come here, woman. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like bro what are you doing man you know what i mean like lo love your wife dude like stop stop being a tyrant yeah like it's just ridiculous and i think it's worth repeating again like protection and provision is just the, the foot in the door man like your job is so much more than just that you just just come home and say all right woman feed me a sandwich <laughs> change the baby's diapers and fam it down with some grapes <laughs> <laughs> come here woman <laughs> yeah exactly come on guys yeah okay but yeah anyways this is what happens when when you don't have fathers <laughs> <laughs> are you saying about you and i yeah <laughs> the fact <laughs> we have to figure this out through like our own just like yeah. absolute stupidity man yeah. but hey if this is blessing people man i'll go and make those mistakes again but damn yeah. anyways this took us a decade to figure this stuff out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay Number 10, living the trad life and being in a biblically-based marriage are the same. No, that's false. Mike's getting yeah. very angry. I can see oh, it. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> um, what? Do you, first of all, just you go ahead. What do you have to say about this? Okay, so, yeah, the trad life is an aesthetic. And it... So traditional gender roles are biblical gender roles with Christ removed from the center of them. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Those two things are not at all the same. So... Actually, the trad life can get a little bit misogynistic if you're not careful, mm -hmm. where it is man on the very top, nobody above man, man and his subjective changing morality is ruling, is king. No, Christ is king. And being in a marriage where there's an objective moral standard that is mutually agreed upon is the way. So trad and Christian are not the same. It's a dis it's a disservice in some ways to Christianity. And at the same time, I know my story. I started with the trad thing and then I, it was a stepping stone towards Christ. I'm seeing a lot of people do that same thing. So I think we should encourage traditional minded people rather than shaming them for not being full Christians. For sure. But that's what I would say. So <clears throat> when people talk about patriarchy being dangerous, right? We're not talking about the, the lunacy and the delusion from the feminists. If we're being real for a second. A man cannot be authoritative without being a tyrant if he does not have God above him. This is why trad by itself can border on actual, and we're not just joking and being facetious when we say misogyny, because you know we use that word as a joke nowadays, but it can actually be real misogyny, because who do you defer to? Yourself? Your flesh? Your heart that's meant to deceive you? I, I would say that these trad roles come from Christ, but the secular world has plucked it away, removed God from the center. Mm -hmm. And now you have sort of like a potentially tyrannical patriarchal situation. Yeah. And then in the trad dynamic, it is, I like what you said there. It's like the man's flesh, his heart, his mind is corrupted. 
and sin sin infected is leading your marriage. Boom. That's not a good thing, right? Like we're made new in Christ. We have that that place to go. We have that. I mean, it's it's everything. I don't even I don't even know how to I don't have the words to explain it, but it just it just transforms you as a man, and it it gives what a sense of security for a woman to know that a man is pursuing to be like Christ. Well, that's the thing, right? Okay, so in the pursuit of being a godly man, there's conviction and sanctification process. So when you're a trad guy, absent of Christ, trying to rule your marriage, when you're doing something that hurts your wife, you're not loving her like Christ loved the church, let's say, for example, mm -hmm. how does that man change? He's the authority. He doesn't have to change. So he can just progressively get more tyrannical. With me, the mistakes that I have made and continue to make in my marriage, let's say, at times, before I go to bed, I am seriously convicted by it. I know when I've acted like a piece of crap mm. and I pray and I repent and I pray for God's forgiveness and through the conviction and then that sanctification process after those mistakes happen less and less and less and less and less. Why? Because God's the authority. Mm -hmm. He's the one that shines the light on all of my sin, all of the things I know that I can improve. So it's like, I just don't see a situation where if a man isn't submitted to God, how the heck do you wield that authority properly without becoming a piece of crap? I just don't yeah. see it happening. And it's hard to, it's hard to explain when you have that Holy spirit in you, what that does to you as a man and how that really directs and shapes your life, your actions, everything. It just, everything kind of changes. And that's not, it's, it's a spiritual transformation. You can't really put it into words. Can you? No, you can't. The closest thing I can say is conviction and sanctification. That's the process in which, how we change. Right. Yeah. But how do you explain that feeling? It feels like you've wronged somebody deeply. Mm. That's not just your wife, mm -hmm. right? Because you could be angry at your wife and it's like, yeah, I've wronged her, but whatever, I'm angry at her. But it's like when you feel like you've wronged God, there's a different sense of um, shame that comes with that. That's 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 changing. Yeah. That can and not, transform you. And not all shame is bad. Nope. Sometimes we need to feel shame to change. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, tra the trad life and a biblically-based marriage are not the same. And I would encourage anybody that's kind of in that trad type energy right now, that's your whole thing is being trad. Keep going. Really, really I, I challenge you if you're trad right now to really genuinely pursue Christianity, get into the Bible, really look into it for yourself, challenge your preconceived notions and just ask your, like, ask, is, is this true? Mm -hmm. Is this the truth? Cause I did that. And I found out that it was the truth everywhere. I looked, I kept seeing that it was the truth. I, and I dug deep. So do that. I think that's beautiful. Um, I think what you said there, I think speaks to the heart of why people do not pursue this more often in these trad situations. It's because they're looking at it through their own lens, their own worldly lens. It's been shaped by being raised in an ultra strict household. That wasn't a proper representation of Christ mm. or living in a secular home. That wasn't a representation of Christ. So if your father wronged you of all the, you know, your family, your upbringing, how does that make you feel about God? Well, you understand that do not, conflate the sins of man with god because those yes. are very 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 different things so like our encouragement is to seek truth because without god what is truth how do you understand what truth is how do you apply truth which is wisdom application of truth how do you apply that without a godly lens without a godly foundation genuine questions not rhetorical yeah and understand as well that people do evil under all banners there are christians that do evil and wrong and under any banner, people will do evil, but that doesn't mean that Christ isn't the truth. Nope. So yeah, don't, don't conflate those two things. Okay. So the last point here, 
Mike, living the trad life is still possible. Is that true or false? True. Yes. Okay. Done. See you later, guys. <laughs> See you next week. So, I mean, let's just wrap this up. So, like, what are the closing thoughts here? What What did we learn? What are the takeaways? I think the biggest takeaway here is because a lot of women are like, man, am I still able to work? The point we're trying to get at is you could probably learn to live on less. Men, you could probably learn to make a little bit more so you can provide for your family and bless them properly. The point of this is to not give your wife the stress of providing financially if she doesn't have to. That, to me, that's the takeaway as a man. If I were listening to this, it's like, okay, I got to work so she feels no financial pressure. It also is a container in which your masculine... Energy can flourish. I hate that term. And her, you know, she can sort of relax into her, that sort of feminine essence. And a lot in that, that container allows, you know, those two differing dynamics to work harmoniously. Yes. And as always, work together on this and have grace with each other. So if you're not perfectly there, where, you know, the, the, your man isn't crushing it in every single way, or your wife isn't perfectly submissive and stay at home or whatever, work together to move forward. Right. Don't, don't just try to, I think sometimes people, when they want to change, it's like, they try to go from like a to B in one movement. No, take steps, mm-hmm. gra- gradually keep pursuing it. It's okay. It's a process. It takes time sometimes, especially if you're unwinding a whole bunch of stuff. And also for the guys listening, stop being doomers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so hard. It's so bad. Women, this, that, whatever. This is the theme in our podcast. Just stop being a doomer. Like Mike was saying earlier with the internet, so, okay, let's just say you're earning $50,000 a year in your career and you're like, oh no, man, there's no way I can do this. Oh, it's so hard. Inflation's so bad, bro. Klaus Schwab, screw me over. <laughs> okay, dude, get on the internet and figure out how to start a side hustle from home where you can earn an extra 10, 20, 50K a year. Maybe replace your job, work for yourself, build a business around anything. You have no excuse, man. Yeah, it's hard. Men do hard things. Get over it. No, it's totally possible. And I'm a living example of this. I mean, you you did it a couple of years ago. I started on Instagram last November. And as of this year, it's made me tens of thousands of dollars extra. Now it's not as not replaced my main income source yet, yep. but I know that it will. Yep. It's it's pretty much paying for my mortgage at this point, which yep. praise God, hallelujah. I mean, who wouldn't want that? That's an extra like four or five K a month. Yeah. And then at the same time too, it's like you, you can start that with zero dollars. Like I started Mask and Revival. I was sitting in a library in North Vancouver putting words into, into Instagram, trying to come up with a username. I was like, Oh, mask and revival. That sounds cool. Boom. The birth of mask and revival. Right. And then six months I built, build a full-time business. I don't even know what that cost me to actually build. Like what, what Squarespace costs like 13 bucks a month or something like that. If that, yeah. So like guys, just this whole doomer inflation. Oh, it's so hard. It's so bad. You just got to drop it, man. It's just such a toxic garbage mindset. I think it's just because we've just been so um, made lazy through convenience where if it's not happening instantaneously, okay, maybe you don't want to build a business, find a part-time sales job where there's a commission base of some kind. Like there's so many different ways you could go about doing this, but you might have to sacrifice your weekends, bro. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I worked seven days a week throughout my twenties to build the life that I've, I've given my family at this point too. You're not better than that. If you can support doing that, great. But if you got to work seven days a week, that's that's what you got to do, man. This idea of weekends can maybe rest on the Sabbath. I'm now transitioning into not doing any work on Sundays to sort of leave that day sacred. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And that takes seven days a week. So I just, man, I saw my grandfather 
work in a putrid tannery for like 30 years, bro. Mm. Lost fingers, came home smelling like hot garbage, and he never missed a day of work. Not a single day. So when I hear these doomers talking about marriage, and, and he was taking care of his sick mother and us and all this other stuff, not being able, I don't know what to do. It's so hard. It's like, dude, shut up. Yeah. Step up and shut up because I'm so tired of hearing this stuff, man. And this is not shaming. This is just the reality of it. Yeah. You either choose your heart or it's going to choose you. Yeah. And I think, you know, every generation has its struggles. Yeah. Back in the day, there was different hardship, different struggle, different adversity than there is today. We have ours today. Is it better? Is it worse? Who knows? This is what it is. This is your life. This is what you're faced with. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Are you going to make something of yourself? Or are you going to sit around and complain and whine and moan? Right? Like, no, do the thing or be quiet. Those are the two options. But most guys, when they're in that position, they can't stay quiet because that pain of staying the same has to go somewhere. But instead of channeling it into discomfort of growth, they channel it into this like this, oh man, it's so hard, dude. I don't know what to do. Like this really beta weak energy. And, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's kind of cheesy, but the discomfort of growth will never be more painful than this, the, 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 the feeling of staying the same and the pain of staying the same. Yeah. And this and is what why better men, purpose than your family. Like this is why men need brotherhood, which yeah. is why you should join the mask and arrival brotherhood where Mike and I can tell you all the things we just told you personally direct, directed at you. If you are being a doomer and make sure that you escape the doomer cycle and become the man that you're meant to be. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, I'm only here to show the brotherhood. So let's just be real <laughs> podcast, right? Brother? No, but real. And on the other side too, because this is also why I was part of this, this, this whole group is I need to be told Mike, how about stop working so hard and enjoy your family more? Because there's guys on that end of the spectrum too. Mm. Most guys don't fall there, I would say. Most of the guys that we've interacted with. Um, but either way, um, guys, don't exist in your own echo chamber. Come join one of our one of our groups. It is personally, honestly, man, if there's the biggest takeaway I can say, and this is, this is just being totally real, it's allowed me to be a good steward of what I have and actually enjoy what I have instead of always like, being manic and driving forward. And I think a lot of guys need that too. Amen. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening today. Hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully you feel clearer about the trad life, where you're at. Um, we were talking before this episode, we were just saying, you know, we want to really express this lifestyle in a clear way. And we hope that, you know, this was clear enough that you feel comfortable sharing it with a fr like friend or family member. Maybe they, they don't really understand what you're trying to do or what you're pursuing or how you've structured your life. Hopefully, you know, you can share this and maybe we explained it in a way that you haven't yet. So that's, that's our hope for the episode today anyways. Yeah, no, dude, hundred percent to add to that. We don't care if you ever buy anything from us. We, it doesn't matter. We care that you're here listening and downloading, but the one thing we do ask is just pay it forward. Share it with somebody that you think it could, it could bless their life. Cause I think it, it probably could, if it blessed your life, it could probably bless another person's life. So just do us a favor and pay it forward. Um, and I hope that this conversation, because Brendan and I come from slightly different backgrounds in our lives in terms of like living this trad life. So I hope that differing in perspectives blessed you guys today. Amen. I'll see you guys in the next one. God bless. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Masculine Revival Podcast. Remember to leave us a five-star rating and a review if you enjoyed the show. And if you're a man that is in need of brotherhood and want to experience the life-changing results of having the counsel of strong men around you, you must join the Masculine Revival Brotherhood. Iron sharpens iron and all men need brothers. Contact Masculine Revival on Instagram for more details. Or if you're interested in more of a one-on-one -on -one coaching environment, then I currently have spots open in my one-to-one -one men's mentorship. 
It is an extensive program that is geared towards making you a stronger, more virtuous man capable of fulfilling his potential. Contact me, Mike Pantile, via Instagram for more details. And if you want to share your thoughts on the episode, I encourage you to send one of us a DM. You can find our social media handles in the show notes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.